Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Now we see flashlights in the night because it's dark, but you turn a flashlight on in the day, no one sees. Imagine the brightness of this light that appears to Paul. He said, it was brighter than the sun shining around me and those who journeyed with me. The God we serve does not just have some light. He is the light. And once you really experience the light of the world, you can no longer live in shadows anymore. And this was the experience of the apostle Paul. And when we all had fallen to the ground, do not think it strange when people fall to the ground in the presence of our God. I mean, when we experience the highest majesty in all uh, of the universe, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised that we can't help but fall before the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he said, while I was down there, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, you know, we serve a God that speaks in a language we understand. He's not confined to speaking in King James. I don't think God speaks like King James. God knows how to make it real plain. And whatever language you need to hear him in, he will speak to you if you'd listen. And he said, Saul, Saul, why? That's what God says to some of us. Andrew, Andrew, why? You know better. Deep down, you know you're fighting against truth. Your conscience is speaking to you. All of nature is speaking to you. You've heard the stories. You you heard about the... Why? He says, Saul, Saul. He engages him. He doesn't condemn him, but he poses a question. Why are you persecuting me? See, some folks think they're attacking the church, but what they're really attacking is God. And then he continues, and he gets right in Paul's Kool-Aid, if you will. He says, Saul, I've been watching you. And he makes an observation. He says, Saul, it is hard for you to kick against the goads. A goad was the modern equivalent or is the modern equivalent of a cattle prod. It was a long stick, and you see it on the screen there, used to poke the ox so it would keep moving. Here's the deal. An ox was not just goaded because it was going in the wrong direction. It was often goaded because it was going too slow. And some of us, God is goading us not because we're not on the right path. But we are not really moving forward fast enough or at the pace. He has summoned us and called us. So he keeps poking us and life keeps pricking us. You're not yet where you need to be. You're on the path though. Paul was in the scriptures. Paul had approximated the Christian faith. He was a student of Judaism. So he was in the neighborhood, but he wasn't moving fast enough to his place of destiny. And many of you are in the neighborhood. 
but you're moving too slow to the place of destiny, and God has to poke you and prod you. Stuff keeps happening to you to let you know you're not there yet. You're moving too slow, not because he doesn't love you. But even though you're in your sin, he is wooing you forward. He said, it is hard for you. Do you want to know why it's hard for you? Because you don't realize that you're going to break long before God does. Remember that gold we looked at? Imagine if you get mad at that gold. And you, you decide, I'm going to punch that gold. Or I'm going to kick against that gold. You would hurt your fist far more than the gold. When you fight against God, you hurt yourself far more than you could harm God. God will continue to be God whether you say yes or you say no. You are coming. And if you're coming sooner or later, you might as well come sooner. Why? So I said, finally, he thought he knew God. That was his problem. And many of us think we know everything that needs to be known about God. Because we were raised in this way. We heard this from some preacher, some church. We read it in some book. And he had read the Bible. He had the greatest rabbi's training, but he's finally to the place where he asked the right question. Instead of telling the world all that he knows, and he didn't know nothing yet, he finally said, who are you, Lord? You see, when you're really ready to graduate when you start asking the right question. When you start asking God who he is and started trying to make him to what you want him to be. He had spent a life. He had written books and he had given lectures and speeches presenting a God that he wanted God to be. But finally, he was willing to let God be who he was. And when you humbly, I don't care where you are on this planet. I don't care if there's a preacher, you know, there's no preacher for 50,000 miles. If you cry out, say, God, I just want to know who you are the one true and living God. If, if he got to fly a bird over your head that, that, that just happens to be carrying a, a page of the Bible, God will get it done. If he has to visit you in a, a dream or a vision, if, if he has to accidentally bring you into to, to some area and walk you down to some church you didn't even knew existed in the Soviet Union or somewhere in China, God, God will, if you get serious about trying to find out who God is, seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. Ask and it shall be given. God will not be mocked. If we truly seek him, we will find him. So if we have not found him, it's because we have not sought him. So I don't care what part of the planet you're from. I don't care what religion you were born into. If you did not have a moment where you cried out for the one and true God, when you stand before God, you will not have an excuse. Because he gave everyone an opportunity. The sun, the stars, and the moon were, were telling us all there is a God. But we decided, you know what, I'm more concerned about my tradition. I'm more into my culture. I just want to do what everybody else is doing. But if you ever had a moment 
Well, you said, God, no matter where it leads me, no matter where it takes me, I need to know who you are. If you ever cried out that way, God would meet you. In fact, before I, I learned how to share the gospel, I was in college and I had just given my life to Jesus. And one of my friends, he had just pledged a fraternity. And, and, and you know, you, you would think that it's impossible at this point for, for him to come to, to the Lord. And fraternities aren't bad, but what he did was bad. And he said, uh, Derek, see, these guys knew me. You're different, man. See, the, the greatest testament is folks who know you. And they know how I was. And they watched me. Said, something happened to that brother. For him, not something has happened. And I believe as a young man, he went to the church. And maybe at one point he followed the Lord. He said, how, how do I know God the way you do? I didn't know Bible verse or none of that. I said, just ask God to reveal himself to you. Because that's all I did. I didn't have all the answers. People weren't walking me through the scriptures. I said, God, I just want to know you. Whoever you are, wherever you are, wherever it leads me, wherever it takes me. God, I just want to know you. And God, if you let me know you, I'll tell the world about you. And it's funny. He went and, and did just that. He, he went out, I think he went out to Haynes Point back when they had the statue. He said, God, I just want to know who you are. And it was just a matter of weeks before he was in church, before he gave his life to Jesus, because he wasn't seeking church. He wasn't seeking religion. He was seeking the one and true God. And when that's your motivation, you will find him. He said, who are you, Lord? And Jesus responded, I am Jesus who you what? Persecuted. God will reveal himself if you ask. He didn't say, I am Buddha. He didn't say, I'm Allah. He said, I am Jesus whom you keep messing with, who you keep trying to provoke, who you, you keep hurting his people, but I haven't killed you yet. The only reason some of y'all are alive is because he's given you space to repent, time to turn to him. It's not that he's winked at your sin. He just said, if I just give him a little bit more time, I know he's going to come to me. So in his patience, he let it be, but he's not approved it. Neither has he winked at it. Skip to verse 24. Now, as thus he made his defense... Festus said with a loud voice, this is more like Bible study today. Is this okay? All right. He said, Paul, you are beside yourself. Your much learning has driven you mad. When you share your story about what God has done in your life, there's some people that are bound to think you're crazy. But here's what, you think I'm weird, but guess what? I think you're weird. A lot of people, oh, they think I'm crazy, and they start falling apart. No, no, I think you're weird. With all the intentionality, with all the sophistication and design on display in our universe, are, are, who is crazy enough to say that that just happened? 
Imagine getting in your car, driving off-road into the desert. And then you drive for miles and miles. And this universe is so big, you have to drive for trillions of light years, actually. You drive for miles and miles and miles. And you see a shoe factory. You see shoes being put out. How crazy would you have to be to say, you know what's happened here? Over time, over the billions of years, this factory evolved out of the wind and sand. You would say I was crazy. Just one human cell is a million times more complicated. Requires a million times more balance and intention. I mean, this was designed. It didn't just happen. A million times more complicated than a shoe factory. But somehow, it just kind of banged and landed there. If I traveled to Mars... And if all I saw was a Coca-Cola can, as simplistic as that is, anyone watching will conclude somebody from Earth must have been there. With all of the complexity, come on guys, just the human eyeball. We can't duplicate it with a camera. We don't have that. You know how many, it, it would take a camera the size of this planet right now, as sophisticated as we are. To create the level of dimension, depth. I mean, we, we, could, we could see depth with our eyes. And we could see grad, gradations. We could do all that just with the eyeball. And God packaged that in something this big. I know some of y'all got it this big. But, 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 but in a brain this big. That's what God did. No one would walk up to a computer and say, that's just sand and wind over the billions of centuries. No one in their right mind would make that conclusion. But why do we come to that conclusion? Because we want to. Because if we're really honest, stuff like this just don't fall out of the sky. In fact, in our system, things tend to go from good to worse. In other words, build a building, but leave it vacant, it'll fall apart. It doesn't evolve into a better building. It doesn't. Leave your car for just a year. It probably won't start. It will not get, it won't move from six pistons to eight pistons. It will not evolve into a better and stronger car. But we have this mindset. It just happened. Because if it just happened, we don't have to be accountable. You know what, if I'm not created, I don't have to worry about the creator. If I'm just an animal, I can act like an animal. But the Bible comes and says, we are made in God's image and likeness. I was made with intention and purpose. And I will answer to a holy God for what I did with the machinery called my life. It's self-serving to come to some of the conclusions that we have whole books and schools of thought to develop us in. But Paul said, I'm not mad. Notice Paul's calm. Most noble Festus, but I speak the words of truth and reason. You know, confidence is when you believe in yourself and nobody else does. 
That's what happened with Paul here. And then he's talking to Festus, but then he says, for the king. Paul, Festus just said, Paul, you're crazy. Paul didn't fall apart. To, oh, God, people think I'm crazy. He didn't do that. All he did was start talking to somebody else. He turned to the king. I'm learning to become more like Paul. When one person rejects me, I just say, next. And keep it moving. 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 Oh, my last husband didn't love me. But my last wife, next. All my friends love me and they talk to me, next. He said, for the king before whom I also speak freely knows these things. For I'm convinced that none of these things escapes his attention. Since this thing was not done in the corner. Remember, people were still alive who saw Jesus' miracles. People were still alive who heard Jesus' voice. People could still visit the empty tomb and there was no explanation for it. So Paul was right in their face about it. You know all these facts. And there are people you could call up today to verify said, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe, meaning there was faith in the room. I mean, the Holy Spirit was there, releasing the faith in his heart to believe. This is this important. God was present. The message was compelling. But Agrippa could have finally broke the curse that had been on his family for generations. But watch his response. Then Agrippa said to Paul, almost persuade me to be a Christian. Almost is one of the saddest words in our dictionary. I almost made it. I was almost happy. I almost changed. I almost had no regrets in this moment. He decided he'd be content to live with almost. And many of us, we've been brought to the valley of decision. We've been in the presence of God. We've heard God's word and, and, and we know it's true, but, but we're still saying, if you just give me a little bit more. But if you continue like this, you're going to live under the curse of a gripper. The curse of almost. You know, when you're trying to jump 100 feet across a cliff, almost will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> and if I borrow from last Sunday, if you get in a plane that almost flies, yeah. a car that almost doesn't catch on fire, Standing uh, under a roof that almost doesn't fall down. Many of us live an almost life. We come so close though. But we settle with almost. Then Agrippa said to Paul, you almost, and he was happy about it. He felt that this was a concession, that he had accomplished something. You almost Persuade me to become a Christian. How many of you, when you look back over your life, when you get to the other side, you're going to say, I almost became a Christian. I almost gave my life to Jesus. 
I almost joined that church and made my life count. I almost. How many of you want to end your life saying, I almost went to heaven? I almost spent eternity with the Father. I almost knew bliss beyond imagination. You know, part of hell is living with almost. Knowing for the rest of eternity how close you came, but you didn't take that next step. There were so many things in my life I almost did. But now I mostly do. But it takes a decision. Hey, you got to get up of almost. You got to move away from average. Because, you know, the average person almost, almost every average basketball player almost was great. Almost every football player that, man, I play is called, I almost. But the distance between almost and reality is often a decision. When he said these things, the king stood up, Agrippa, as well as the governor, Festus, and Bernice, and those who sat with them. Agrippa heard some of the greatest preaching that could be heard. There was a great anointing, unlike most anointings on that planet. Maybe Peter had an anointing as great. All that God offered, Paul tells his whole story. He talks about his personal experience. He talks about things that Agrippa was, was, was very familiar with. Instead of stepping in, he spent the rest of his life under the curse of almost. I think it would be better to go to hell knowing you miss by a thousand miles than that thing playing in your head over and over again. You almost got up. You almost lifted your hand. You see, in eternity, that's all you're going to have to think about. It's what's going to come back. That's why it's so torturing. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.